for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a uh, Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning uh, here with Trent on myself. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, it's Tuesday. It's Restaurant Radio. We will do that coming up in about 20, 25 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, but to begin the program, we are going to have Rob Luther, who will be the uh, the head coach of the South team at the Shrine Bowl, assuming it happens. Right which I think is a long way from a certainty at this point. So we'll talk to Rob about that. I also want to pick his brain on what he foresees uh, coming this fall uh, when it comes to high school football. He's the head coach of uh, Baxter's high school team. Uh, and Rob Luther, who I believe is the principal still uh, at uh, at um, at Baxter High School. Well, we'll find out from Rob. I first met him, and Rob was on the flight to, to Super Bowl thirty one. Oh, okay. Yep, that was New England and Green Bay, and he was with us uh, in New England or in uh, New Orleans, rather, uh, for that Super Bowl. So Rob Luther coming up. Then Restaurant Radio NCMIC makes it possible. We have a number of restaurants. We also have one small business, a Chamber of Commerce, and a farmers market update. So we're going to be all over the map during that segment, but we're keeping it local and uh, community service. As best as we can, we'll hear from Governor Kim Reynolds at 11. Blair Kirkhoff, uh, always appreciate when Blair finds time for us here in Des Moines, Kansas City Star. We'll uh, talk to Blair about a number of things. One of the things is who the Chiefs, I want to pose that to you here in a minute. Okay. Uh, the schedules you saw coming out on Thursday, mm-hmm. right? The NFL schedule gets dropped, I think it's 7 o'clock our time on the NFL Network. and I'm sure ESPN will have their own uh, television, our telecast of it. So Blair Kirkhoff and then Tony Hager from Iowa Wrestle. Uh, we will, um, you know, kind of pay a tribute to, to, to Dan McCool, who just a giant in the wrestling world yes. as far as wrestling journalism in the state of Iowa. He did more than wrestling. I mean, I met him for the first time. He would fill in for Dan Johnson, the late Dan Johnson at Prairie Meadows covering horse racing. Okay. I believe he was the official scorer a couple of years at, for the iCubs games. Uh, but uh, an all-around a quiet guy, but a good mm-hmm. guy. Uh, and I know you knew him a little bit. Yeah, I did. And uh, he was a place he'd usually be set up on the concourse at state wrestling and to make sure to stop by, and he'd be selling his books there and talking and just talk about whatever. In fact, the last time I saw him was at the regional duel meet right before uh, State a week before over at Waukee as I was calling that match and stopped there. You know, it was about an hour, had my equipment set up and had some time to kill. And hey, there's Dan. He was shooting pictures and went and talked mm-hmm. to him. And, you know, the funny thing about Dan is very gruff. His voice yeah, was gruff. Yeah. He had that gruff kind of tough guy look to him. But he was just a sweet man, right? And, and he would sit there and he would talk your ear off. And if you want to talk wrestling, and I like talking wrestling, we could talk for days and days and days. And that's the kind of person that he was—an ambassador for the sport. And you know, the disappointing end to the way that his career finished up with yeah, the Des Moines he was Register. One of the first, I he think, was, that yeah. was let go with the Register way back when they first started to, you know, to get the paper. Quite frankly, and I remember when 
once every year two, there'd be Dan's articles would be huge in Osage because he was the wrestling guy. And when he'd write an article about an Osage wrestler and how important that would be that one register, mm. Dan McCool's coming to Osage. He's going to be at wrestling practice. And, wow. and that was a conversation piece in the hallways. Isn't that something? As Dan McCool was making the drive up 35 and he was going to come and watch the practice and do a couple interviews and, and talk to the wrestler and the coach. And, and that was a big deal. That was Dan McCool and the way that he compiled the rankings and his decision. He's not going yeah, to rank the, wrestlers. The rankings were appointments. Yes, they? it yeah. was huge. Right. And today, you know, there's so many different places right. to do it, but his decision... Freshmen are not going to be ranked until uh-huh. they're on the mat. And that's something I know some places still do that. You know there's going to be kids coming in that have great notoriety, have done things in the AU circuit that you figure will be guys up there on the podium come state tournament time. But until they get there on the varsity mat, Dan McCool wasn't going to put them in his rankings. Old school. Uh, loved it. And, and loved the conversations with him. I'm, I'm going to be sad. You know, I, I saw him so many times, so many different meets that I called throughout the years. And there'd be Dan shooting pictures and, and to miss him. And, and that's a big blow, certainly, to the wrestling well, community in the state. Trent, and it's certainly not lost on anybody, whether you're a fan of wrestling. But if, you're, if you follow, air quote, Iowa meet sports media mm-hmm. people, uh, just the outpouring of sympathy and what he meant to a lot of people was very apparent as it came across uh, Twitter last night. So we'll, uh, we'll uh, get back more into, um, into what he meant. And, and certainly Tony Hager and you yeah. will uh, do a terrific job of doing that um, you know, from a wrestling perspective. You know where I want to start, and just kind of what we teased a little bit with Blair Kirkhoff here. The football schedule, the NFL schedule, uh, is coming out on on Thursday. And as I've told you many times, the first thing I do is not check Denver. Uh, it's I want to know who's playing on my favorite day of the year, uh, which is Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving. Well, I have to say American, American Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving, right. It's American Thanksgiving. I catch you doing that from time I to time. It, I know it, right? Uh, 31 years, you'd think I'd be up to speed right now. But it's, I guess to me, it's always American Thanksgiving, so bear with me. Uh, but it's the, it's the first thing I do is I want to see who's playing in the, um, on my favorite day of the year. And it's, we know that Detroit's going to host a game. We know that Dallas is going to host a game. And we know this year, since they're defending Super Bowl champions, um, and it's only happened that it didn't happen one year, and I think it was Baltimore when they won, the stadium was... The Orioles were home, maybe, and they didn't want the um, the Ravens... Because they're right side-by-side. Side. I mean, uh, the Orioles ballpark, Camden Yards and, and the Ravens Stadium, what do they call it? MT something or M something? MT&T. MT&T, is that what it I is? I think it's a bank. Okay. Uh, but they're right beside each other, mm-hmm. and they did not want uh, all of that um, traffic, I guess, in that area. So I believe it was Baltimore that, as the defending Super Bowl champs, did not get to open up. And I think they went on the road and played Denver, if memory serves. Mm. Anyways... Um, we know that the Chiefs will host a game. Trent, it's uh, it's difficult. I mean, the Chiefs' home game, this home slate for the Chiefs, well, you pick. I mean, we know that they've got the three divisional foes. Yes. They've got the Patriots, but the Patriots don't have Tom Brady. Right. The Jets, Atlanta, Carolina, Houston are the remainder of their home games. What's the marquee game in that list? I still think New England probably has the Do biggest you? leg up just because, because of Belichick. Yeah, people want to see. They want to see what the Patriots look like without Brady. So I would guess that that'd be one that you put there. Plus, you know, you put that in CBS decides this is going to be one of our late window games in, in November, December. Well, at that point, I mean, the Patriots may not be very yeah, good. True. But you I, place them here at the beginning. Okay. 
They're going to be zero and zero. Yeah, they're going to be no and zero making their way in, and that's kind of the direction that you would go. I, I follow your theory. It makes sense. I think that's the one that probably okay. would be number one on the list. Number two. Well, Houston won their division. They did. The Jets, the Flat Falcons, and the Panthers didn't make the playoffs. Do you want to use a divisional foe? And if you do, is it going to be? Would you put the Chargers there? They've had some great games. I don't see it. Maybe the Raiders because it's Vegas and the rivalry. Yes, uh, Raiders Chiefs was always good. I think. I think. De- I think Denver has some sex appeal this year, and mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see if they get a prime time game other than you I bet know, the will. Thursday stop. I would think this year that they will. So um, I'm going to get my pencil out, and I'm going to go with you. Go Patriots New 1, England. Vegas 2, yeah. Broncos 3. That's how uh, I power the rank Texans? them. Okay. So for the Thursday night opener, that's what we do for the Chiefs opening it up. All right, let's go to let's go to Detroit. Early window on Thanksgiving. I think it's a I think it's a slam dunk. Is it an AFC game? No, because you think it's going to be the Packers. No. Oh. No. Oh, where are you going? What do you got for us here? Oh, I think I know because I'm looking at the schedule right now, and Tampa Tom, uh-huh. <laughs> the Buccaneers are making their Don't way you? up. Don't you put Tampa Bay in there? Boy, that's a good one. I think so too. I think- but last year the Cowboys had. The AFC game, because they played the Bills. Mm-hmm. That was the the CBS game. Oh, I think this year they it has to be an AFC. Now, it might get Cowboys-Buccaneers. You talk about teams. See, I don't think they play each other. Oh, they don't? Okay. No, I don't All think right. they do. So if you're looking at AFC teams that come to Ford Field this year, it's Houston. Again, we're back to Houston. Mm. The Colts. And is that it? See, I think Tampa, I, I think Tampa makes the most sense by a mile. So you put Tampa there. Uh-huh. Would that mean then an AFC team has to play the Cowboys? Well, they do. They have the Steelers coming in. Who does? The Cowboys do. Uh, no, that game is the Hall of Fame game. Oh, is it? it? Yeah, that, that's, the, uh, that's the Hall of Fame ceremony, I believe, in, April, in August, is it not? Yeah, I think it is. They're on the regular season schedule, though, too. I'm looking through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight home games, and yeah, that's one of so them. So they play Pittsburgh twice. Okay, so yeah, there's some. Okay, I'll give you that. If it has to be an AFC team, it's them or the Browns. Those are your two options. You're not putting Cleveland on Thanksgiving. No. Aren't, are you? I don't think so. But we're getting into the I think back it's and the forth. Steelers. I think it's the Steelers. I think you're right. And can you manipulate? I remember two, three years ago, I think it was, that all four teams that played on the traditional Thanksgiving games were all NFC teams because we have more of that cross-scheduling mm-hmm. where, and we've seen this a couple of different times, where two NFC teams will be playing, but it's on CBS right. just to kind of even out yeah, the schedule. Yeah, that's changed the last couple of years. So because of that, maybe we don't have the same kind of rigid parameters, and we're going to get the Buccaneers on one side against the Lions, and on the other one, you know, whoever I you want to choose for the Cowboys. I think you're right. When uh, I thought the Steelers, I, I knew the Steelers played the Hall of Fame game, uh, but I wasn't aware that they're back on the schedule. I think a, you're on it. I think that's you're on a two-pack of games right there. Yeah, it's we not get bad. Tampa, Detroit, followed by... Pittsburgh against Dallas. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm in anyways. I mean, well, they've yeah, got yeah, the right. country anyways, right. right? They they uh, they've got us. <laughs> We're going to watch regardless of who it is. Uh, but you know, I think you want a little sex appeal in those games would certainly give it. But Kansas City on opening night, that Thursday night. I don't know if it's the slam dunk. We shall see. Well, we'll have to wait until Thursday, and then we'll know for sure. But, Trent, I'm with you. I think it's New England uh, for that reason. I thought with Brady going away that they would go away from the Patriots because. Um, because they're not the Patriots anymore in a lot of ways. All right, Rob Luther coming up here momentarily. Look forward to talking to Rob about a couple of things, the Shrine Bowl, as well as um, 
you know what what we expect to see this right. this, this coming uh, this coming uh, high school football season. Let's get the Robbie joins the program. Rob Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Good to talk to you. Long time no speak. I was telling Trent, well, on air, not off air, that where you and I met was on our way to Super Bowl 31, the uh, uh, the Packers and the Patriots. That was a fun time. That was a long time ago, Rob Luther. Well, it was a long time ago. It doesn't seem that long ago, but it was. Brett Favre went in his first yep. one down in New Orleans. Man, that was a great time. No, great ab- time. absolutely was. Well, uh, Rob, I know that you guys are, are going forward with the Shrine Bowl at this point. There's been no announcement of cancellation. Uh, you're, so you are slated to uh, be the uh, the head coach of the South team, Ryan Pizzetti, our buddy from Ankeny, is also uh, going to be a part of it as well. Uh, you guys are meeting. I know that you, I believe I saw you've got a Zoom meeting on, on Thursday. What do you anticipate at this point, Rob? What's the likelihood of this, uh, this happening in your mind? Well, I think it's kind of like anything right now, Ken. I mean, you wake up one day and you feel this way and you wake up the next day and you hear something or know something and you kind of go backwards. But I think talking to the, the Shrine Bowl committee and the Shriners right now, I mean, they really want to try to play this game any way they can. So the way we're attacking it with my staff is, you know, these kids have been taking so much away from them with their senior year that let's at least yeah. give them that hope. We're going to meet. We're going to plan the offense, defense. We're going to let them know everything that's going on. You know, it's like everything else. We're at the mercy of you and I. The game's played this summer up in Cedar Falls. Obviously, we're in the dorms, their food service, their facilities at the Uni Dome. So um, everything I'm hearing, it really is going to depend on if that opens back up so we at least can get on it on the campus, and then we'll take a look at how we would handle the game and fans and all that. But we're from a coaching staff, we're proceeding as planned, and It'll be the second time we met with the kids on Zoom, and you know we at least want to give them something to look forward to. Rob, when you're going about putting together this roster, I, one of my buddies from high school played in the game, and he just said he randomly got a phone call and said, "Hey, do you want to play in the Shrine game?" Nice. And it was as simple as that. Now he was a kicker, a little bit different, but you know it, it's uh, it, it's such an interesting. Now we're talking over 20 years ago that this happened, but. The today, you know, you have film on a lot of different guys. I'm sure you get input from coaches across the state, but the decision coming down and, and how you're selecting your roster. Yeah, you know, I was an assistant back in '03, and it looked very different. It talk about a long time ago. Looked really different back then. I remember sitting uh, with our staff in the office at Baxter and just putting guys on the board, kind of going by all state teams, or maybe we heard something about somebody and we put the team together. Um, the only parameters that the Shriners give us is so many kids from each class. Obviously, South and North are divided by uh, Highway 30. So okay. anything on 30 and South, we can have those kids. The high school coaches can nominate up to two players. So uh, honestly, we spent back in, in November about five hours in my basement on a whiteboard nice. looking at every class, looking at every kid, kind of started with some skill positions. And we did look at All-State, but, man, we kind of felt like we were a college staff. We broke down so much huddle. It's like I told our guys uh, on Zoom a couple weeks ago, I, I feel like I already know you and know <laughs> how you play because I mean, we've seen so much of them because everybody has huddle video out there. So that actually makes the – selection a little bit easier so we felt pretty good about that but we have some kids drop or anytime somebody you know we're trying to replace one kid right now because we have a a team of 46 and just things come up so that seems like it's been a constant since november but we feel great about our team we have so many great kids on this team uh july the 18th is the game four o'clock uh at the unidome as you mentioned rob uh, you know looking forward let's let's get to the fall and 
Uh, we, we, we don't know if the NFL's playing. If they're not playing, we don't think college football's playing. If college football's not playing, there's probably <laughs> no chance uh, that you guys are going to be out there on Friday nights. Um, I guess you just plan like it's going to happen. Is that is that how you're going about this, Rob? Is that how the state is handling this? And who's kind of leading uh, these discussions? Well, I think two sides, because I also wear that principal administrator sure. hat, that I'm probably involved a little bit more on that side right now about opening schools back up. Right now, we're being told to have three plans in the fall. I have a plan like we're going to not be in and have a distance learning plan that is required. Have a plan that says we're going to get the kids back in. What are you doing to keep them safe? But we're going to get everybody back in. And then a hybrid model that says, hey, maybe you could find something where kids are coming half days or every other day, um, depending on maybe it's high school, more distance learning with elementary in the seat. But it's really a, and I'm probably tired of the word, but it's so fluid every day. You feel like something else is happening. So then I wear the football hat and, you know, I've been talking to our kids a ton. We're, we're still right now. Our next step is how soon can we get back in the weight room? Um, and we're just waiting on that being able to be open. So again, we're waiting on governor Reynolds. We're waiting on, you know, the, the state, as far as Boone goes to say, Hey, here's the first day you guys can get back on campus, but we want to be ready when that is. I've heard, you know, it was June one, Rumor mill says June 15. Now you hear a little bit more negative just this morning, and it's like maybe this won't happen until August 1. But you hear everything. You kind of just wait. I don't know that I know a ton more than anybody else knows, but, you know, I just keep reading all the emails and sitting in Zooms. We have one today with the Department of Ed, the director of the department, and, you know, see what what she says and where we go from there. Before we get to football, we have baseball and softball season that's still at least possibly on the table the likelihood of those two sports at the high school level being played this year, Rob, any idea where you'd put it? Uh, you know, it's one guy's opinion. I, I wouldn't rank it very high, and I, and I only say that maybe with my football hat on that says, I just don't understand what the plan if, if, if somebody – you know, is infected, asymptomatic, or how, I think the testing has to increase first because I don't know how you just get in there and start playing without some sort of way to test your team. And then I worry, what happens if you do have a kid or a coach? Now all of a sudden you're taking your team off the plate. I'm thinking more on Friday nights in the fall. How You know, if we have kids that are infected, and especially in an eight-man program that may not be able to field teams, and I understand I've got a bunch of buddies in another Shrine Bowl coach that's in a side of the state that doesn't have much of this but you kind of have to look at the whole state as as one and and make a decision and i'm hopeful um but i'm a little pessimistic probably more than some i just don't know what's going to change between today and august 15th that says hey let's get 35 kids out on the practice field with seven Mm. coaches and get after it but uh, you know we're hopeful i think it comes down to the testing and making sure kids are safe if we can make sure kids are safe i, I think everybody needs it there's no doubt about that we need kids to get back and engage with other kids but we have to do it in a safe manner uh rob um is is there any scenario that's floated out there and i think that this is a long shot at best uh you know f- pushing back the season and i get that basketball starts essentially you know we crown our champions at the dome and basketball starts on tuesday um that's the way it's it's you know been for so many years and i know that there's a lot of these two sport athletes right you play football then you end up and you go right into basketball is there any way and i get the weather's a big part of it too you could push this back if that means giving their the, the, the kids an opportunity as seniors to play in 99% of the time their final year of football yeah, I'm, I, I am 100% with you on that, Ken. I, I think we all have to think outside the box um, and find out. You know, we just had 
at least our spring kids miss that. And there's, you know, one is you have seniors graduating, moving on. So how do we pick that back up if they miss baseball? But we're starting a brand new school year. You know, I've got a, you know, football's football. Like it's, I believe the greatest sport there is. And, and the lessons we teach in that, I think we have to think outside the box. So I do know Tom Keating, the new director, at least at the boys union was my high school basketball coach. Uh, I, I believe in Tom Keating. I believe he's a forward thinker. I think, they will do whatever they can, whether that means shortened seasons, because wouldn't we all rather play a six-game season yep. and then maybe a 15-game basketball season if you know things look different in November and I get that it's outside? Or is it possible to flip those two seasons? Could we get into basketball season and then could we possibly do high mm. school football and say February, March? And I, I know that then that's a turn, turnaround, but I, I think anything to get the kids back on the field, even if there's not a you know, in basketball, maybe just some games in a state tournament or football. It could be, hey, let's just schedule five games so the kids get the opportunity to practice. They get the opportunity to compete and you don't miss a season. They get to put some film out there, whatever that may be. But I just hope we just keep looking at every possible scenario because we're living in a time that we've never, ever even imagined or done. Obviously, before we, we have to be outside the box thinkers right now. Rob Luther joining us, head coach for the Baxter Bolts. Coach, uh, we were told on Twitter we got to ask you your thoughts on the last dance of the MJ documentary that continues on Sunday nights. <laughs> well, you know, the two people that I think everybody has learned a lot more about in this pandemic is Michael Jordan and Joe Exotic. So, <laughs> yeah. And I know, uh, let me tell you, my, my players, some of the, and my own kids in my house, uh, if I hear another word that we're even going to have a LeBron James discussion, uh, I force my kids to sit down and watch that. That is the greatest competitor, greatest basketball player I have ever. I mean, and then I, you know, I'll probably get get killed for this, but I, I, I'm not sure LeBron James is the second best player I've ever watched in the NBA. I mean, you have to go back between Magic and Bird mm-hmm. and you know Oscar Robertson. I remember my dad making me watch Oscar Robertson. Mm-hmm. I understand it's a different time and place, man. But you, you, with who they're playing against, you watch that documentary, guys. I mean, I, I've watched him over. That that guy is, uh, there's a reason he's the greatest athlete of all time. The will to win was like nothing we've ever seen. It's funny you mentioned Oscar Never. Robertson and your dad. Uh, my dad used to make me watch Gordie Howe. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. There were there were guys that came before us, and the latest isn't always the greatest. Rob, we're out of time with you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, we hope to shrine. Yeah, listen, when there, when there is more information, reach out, okay? I'll pass it on. We Hopefully we'll talk more about the game in July. I'm all for it. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, guys. Good to job. talk to you. Rob Luther of uh, Baxter High School and uh, the head coach of the – he's also the principal and mm-hmm. the uh, head coach of the South team in the Shrine Bowl. we got to run, Trent. we got to get the restaurant radio. KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword AID to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's AID to 200-200. You'll get a comp and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. NCMIC presents Restaurant Radio. It's coming up next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 106. See you soon. Condon, welcome back to Point Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent, we're about five minutes late. Let's get into it. NCMIC makes this possible. We do this Tuesdays and Thursdays. Devote 
Well, today, shame on us. So about 25 minutes to taking a look at some of the restaurants, businesses, uh, community events in central Iowa. NCMIC makes this possible. Uh, let's get right to Kelly Foss. She's in about her, I think it's her 20th year uh, at the Farmer's Market, the downtown Farmer's Market, where they held a virtual market this past weekend. Kelly joins us. Kelly, uh, thanks for coming on. What's going on with the downtown Farmer's Market? And did I see that correctly, that you guys had a virtual Farmer's Market this week? We did. We had a downtown farmer's market, first ever um, downtown farmer's market, virtual market meetup. And so basically it was just a really fun way for us to get everyone together and kind of carry on the tradition of opening with our opening bell. And we did a toast to the market season, even though we couldn't be on site on Court Avenue where our hearts were, we were able to join together virtually to um, just have a really fun morning highlighting different vendors and products. It was so much fun. You know, Kelly, uh, something I think that's really cool that you guys have done during this time is put all the different vendors that are there, from the people that are there selling fruits and vegetables and flowers and everything else at a normal normal farmer's market. You expect to what makes the downtown farmer's market so special and all the extras that are there. People can go online, and if they're, they're craving, they're missing some of those places, they can find out where they can get some of the great things that you have there. Tell us a little bit more about the website and all the different vendors that you've been working to help out. Yeah, we're doing two more virtual markets. We'll do one this Saturday and then also on May 16th. It's going to be from 8 a.m. to 9. And if you miss it on Facebook, if you miss the live version, um, it's live on Facebook. So you can go back and um, watch it later. It's recorded. So you can really watch it anytime. It's just a really fun way to catch up with our, our vendors and highlights and um, kind of keep the spirit of the market going um, while we're not on Court Avenue. Well, one day you're going to be back on Court Avenue, and hopefully <laughs> yeah. one day sooner rather than later. Um, we don't so. know what that's. Yeah, we don't know what that's going to uh, mean in 2020, Kelly. What are you guys doing? And I'm sure you've spent literally hour upon hour trying to figure out. Once we get the green light, do we just do business as usual? Do we have to limit some of the entrance and exit points? I'm sure you guys have spent hours doing that. What can you share yeah. with us? Well, um, what I can tell you is, you know, we're evaluating all of our next steps and what that might look like for an outdoor market in following, um, like, all the local and state public health guidelines that um, are going to be required. And we are working collaboratively with the city. Um, Those conversations are already going. It's just really too early to tell, you know, when we're going to open and where we're going to open and all that. Um, but we know that really the safety and supporting our vendors and our community are just so important that we're going to wait till we can do it right. Mm-hmm. We're just going to um, make sure all the planning and all the pieces are um, fitting together to make it all make sense. And then we'll have an opening of an outdoor market at some point soon, we hope. Yeah, indeed we do. So uh, before we let yeah. you go, um, I know we, we, we mentioned the one you just had on Saturday. You've got two more coming up. What are those dates? Uh, May This Saturday coming yeah. up and then May 16th as well. And you can find all the information on our website as well of, as a virtual list of our vendors and all the products that our vendors sell at DesMoinesFarmersMarket.com okay. and also on our Facebook Good stuff. Uh, Kelly, best of luck. I appreciate you coming on. And once you do have a little bit more clarity, um, please reach out and we'd love to have you back on, okay? I would love to share all that great news. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you've got a home here. uh, let, Let us know. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate it. Yep.
Bye-bye. Good to talk to you. All right, we also do this for small businesses. We're going to get into the restaurants coming up. Urbandale Chamber is also going to join us. But uh, the small business in Ankeny, the attic, it's a consignment, furniture consignment. Joyce joins us. Uh, Joyce, uh, my name's Ken. My partner's Trent Condon. Good to talk to you, Joyce. How's things going Thank at the attic? Me. Pardon me? How are things going at the attic, Joyce? Oh, you know, um, we're ready to open. Yeah. Uh, we took this opportunity to refresh the space. We painted our walls, floors, ceilings, and displays, and um, doing some rearranging of our space and added a bunch of new products that we think our customers are going to love. So going pretty good. Well, this is a great time, too, as people are inside the house. And, oh, boy, that, that piece of furniture that's been sitting there in the corner, we don't use it anymore and we could use a couple extra bucks. I mean, you, you can help out with people that are thinking just those lines up at the attic. For people right now, before you're officially opened up, can they still get in contact with you and get some of those pieces your way? Um, we are starting to take consignments next week. Okay. Um, we are completely closed at this time, but uh, we are, you know, accepting products next week because we're hoping that May 15th is going to be our opening day yeah i think a lot of people joyce fingers crossed that that's going to be it are you uh, are you doing anything on facebook have you been selling some of uh you know some of your consignments via your facebook page or ebay we or anything do. like that we have a website uh the attic inc.co um we are putting things on facebook we are on ebay we are on instagram um and we're working on an online program right now that should be coming out in June. Uh, it will be Shop the Attic Online. Okay. So it'll make it really easy for our customers. Yeah, it's too bad you didn't have that in place prior to this, but who saw that coming, right? Right. <laughs> Joyce at the Attic, give us the address, give us the website one more time, Joyce. Okay, it's 1509 South Ankeny Boulevard, which uh, is on the south end of Ankeny. That's also considered U.S. Highway 69, mm-hmm. real easy access from Des Moines and Ames. Um, our website is theatticinc.co. And that shop online website that's not quite ready yet, When what will it be? What What is the domain name? Well, we're working on that. Gotcha. It's, it's in progress right now, developing it right now. So. Good stuff. Joyce, uh, thanks for coming on. Best of luck at the Attic in Ankeny. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joyce. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to the Urbandale Chamber of Commerce. Tiffany is up next. Hello, Tiffany. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. How are you? Well, good. Good morning. Good morning, and thanks for coming on. I'm uh, assuming that the uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, during this, as most Chamber of Commerces, I'm assuming anyways, have, uh, have seen an increase in people that have reached out to them and traffic on your website. Uh, what are you guys at the Urbandale Chamber of Commerce doing for some of your partners through these times? Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, we're uh, providing as much information as possible um, and and keeping on top of changing information. But for our business to consumers, we launched centraliowa.shopwhereilive.com. Um, and after the launch, we ended up partnering with the Johnston, Grimes, West Des Moines, Indianola, and now Boone Chambers of Commerce where their members can add up to 25 items for sale for free. So think of it as like a Amazon for small okay. local businesses. Yeah, so we're we're doing some things to help drive some dollars into our, our retail and our restaurants. That's a brilliant idea. It really yeah. is. Uh, how difficult was that undertaking? 
You know, it wasn't um, it wasn't too difficult. We actually had started a soft launch clear back in August. Um, we saw a need for our small businesses to be online and selling their products online, our, our brick and mortar. So we had we had started with a soft launch and then um, tabled it for a little bit, and then when COVID happened, it we just picked it right back up and um, started pushing it out. You know, Tiffany, uh, the Urbandale Chambers, when I moved here and started working to small businesses, that's something that people always said, just what a great job you did. It's not just Urbandale, though. It is the surrounding communities, too. Tell us a little bit more just about the Chamber of Commerce, and you hear these things, you think of the businesses are involved, but what that side of things, what the Urbandale Chamber of Commerce works to do. Well, we're here to um, support our, our the business community. Uh, we do that through education, through promotion advocacy. Um, so uh, for Urbandale specific, we're the second largest chamber in the metro. Um, Ankeny is the largest chamber. We have roughly 725 um, different businesses that are members and, that are throughout central Iowa. So, um, you know, in, uh, in this area, businesses can be a member of their local chamber, but then they might be members of other chambers as well because they like their benefits. Um, so we have about uh, roughly 50% of our businesses physically in Urbandale. The other half are located all throughout central Iowa. Um, we work together with the Greater Des Moines Partnership. Um, so there's 20, roughly 23, 24 different affiliate chambers. Um, so when a business is a member of that chamber, they automatically become a member of the partnership uh, for advocacy efforts and extra promotion connections and education i'm on the uh, com uh, website it's terrific it's really well done product services gift cards as you mentioned you're working with johnson grimes indianola boone uh and west des moines that is a terrific idea um what i can ask you to do for us tiffany is is, is trenton uh, trenton and i if there's a restaurant or there's a small business that heard you on uh, the radio this morning to want uh, to hear uh themselves on the radio we would love to have them so maybe you could spread the word out there to you know to some of your partners uh in the urbandale chamber of commerce that uh, we've got a couple of minutes that we'd love to have them on and uh it's essentially is a two or three minute infomercial that's good stuff urbandale chamber of commerce again the website shop where i live central iowa.shopwhereilive.com tiffany anything else that you want to share with the audience no, that's it. Just thank you and continue to support our local businesses. Abs- we need your support. They certainly do. Uh, Tiffany, thank you. Thank you. Good so to much. talk to you. CentralIowa.shopwhereilive.com. Did not know about that. That's a that's a terrific feature. Um, just click right on it. Business directory. Start selling. Shop now tab. Again, products, services. Uh, I'm guessing it'll be like, I mean, I don't know, handymen, plumbers, those types of things on there. And who doesn't need that? Um, photography, videography, lots of good stuff. CentralIowa.ShopWhereIlive.com. Uh, Steve from Pie 5. Uh, Pie 5 Pizza in Ankeny is back with us. Steve, uh, thanks for coming on. Steve, how are you? I'm not doing too bad. Thanks uh, Thanks for everything you guys have been doing for everybody else, so we appreciate it. Yeah, we're uh, happy to do it. So what's going on? What have you seen since the last time we spoke? How's it been going for Pie 5 Pizza in Ankeny? Uh, the first week or so was pretty good, but it, it's obviously uh, went downhill uh, here recently. So we're trying to trying to do a little, few things different around here. We uh, 
Uh, we're going to do our pizzas are going to stay at 555 until our lobby opens back up. Okay. Um, normally, it's a Magic Mondays, our 555 day, but we're going to continue to do that until our lobby opens back up. 555 for a pizza. Not going to find anything better <laughs> say. than that out there. And uh, also, it's not just the pizza that you guys have on the menu. Anytime I see Calzones, that's where my eyes seem to always gravitate to. Tell us about your Calzones at Pi Five Pizza. Our Calzones, uh, we started doing them uh, beginning of this year. Uh, they're amazing. They'll, they'll, they'll also be 555. Our sandwiches, 555. You know, all, all our. Pretty much all our food here, except the larges, you know, they're going to stay at stay at the regular price. But uh, yeah, calzones will be five fifty five, so you can't pass that up either. No, you really can't. Tell us about uh, what uh, what pizza is the biggest mover in the last couple of weeks. What are people well, ordering? I uh, I come up with a taco pizza. Um, we did not have a taco pizza here, and obviously, we all know in Iowa, taco pizzas. You know, I won't mention who's got the dang. Best taco pizza, but I will say we do. Can you fill your tank? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. You can fill your tank. But, I gotcha. Uh, I've been compared to them, and everybody's saying nice. it's, uh, it's just as good or better. So I think I come up with something pretty good. But, yeah, we got taco pizza. I'll pretty much make anything right now if somebody wants it, you know. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Pie5pizza.com uh, is the website. What else you want to get? What else can you share with our audience, Steve? Well, we're taking, you know, obviously here at Pie 5 Pizza, we we have always been very cautious, uh, you know, cleaning our store. We, we, we serve a lot of gluten-free and a lot of allergies here. Um, so we're used to, you know, keeping things in tip-top shape. But now we're taking the extra measures, and um, we will have, you know, the six-foot little markers on uh-huh. the floor. We're going to have uh, all our sanitizer stations when you come in the door. You'll have one at the end of the line, into the cash register, by the bathroom. So we're taking a lot of extra precautions here to, to make people feel safe. Um, I got some really cool Pi 5 masks um, that are coming in <laughs> that all our staff will be wearing um, until all this is over with. And, uh, and also you can purchase them, too. I'm gonna, a lot of people have been wanting to buy them, so they're pretty cool. So I'll have those available also. Uh, they are just south of the uh, DMAC campus, 1315 Southwest Oral Labor Boulevard. Uh, the phone number is 289-0480, 289-0480. Uh, what are your hours, uh, Steve? Right now, our hours, uh, so Monday, or excuse me, uh, Sunday through Thursday, we're open from 11 to 8. And then sat, uh, Friday and Saturday, we are open from 11 to 9. So we just cut back an hour or so. Um, just to help things out here. Uh, last thing, tell us about that 555 special one more time. It's 555, any pizza, signature pizza, build your own pizza, unlimited toppings. Wow. You can't pass that up. No, yeah, that's it's going to you're going to lose money on that, you know. Well, you know, we we got to take care of each other. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm not the only one hurting. Um, you know, our guests are hurting also, so you know, uh, people are helping us out, so in return, we need to help them out. Steve's a good man. Pie 5 Pizza, any pizza, 555. Uh, go easy on Steve. He's a good dude. Five, pie 5 Pizza. Steve, thank you. Yes, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Have good, a good day. Yeah, you do the same. Good to talk to you. Pie5pizza.com. Trent 555. You could do a lot of damage. Sounded good to me. A hell's home for five fifty five. Yeah, put any kind of toppings on that pizza Lunch as many as you planned, want. Unbelievable. Right there. Uh, Kathleen runs RI Restaurant in Windsor Heights. I'll be honest. When I heard from Kathleen, I had not heard from this place. I'm glad I researched it. I did not know that this kind of dining was available and will be again in our fair city. Kathleen. Um, 
good to talk to you, first of all. Thank you for coming on. I know that RI Restaurant is closed right now with the exception of gift cards. But boy, oh boy, reading some of the stuff that people are saying, the reviews about RI Restaurant, this is, A, I think it's a pretty well-kept secret. But boy, for people that do know you're there, they absolutely love your your spot, Kathleen. Good to talk to you. Yeah, we've been... uh really well received in the community over here in Windsor Heights. We opened in September uh, 2019 and it's just been a wild ride. Um, You know, some very highs and now, you know, we're closed, but we're trying to um, make the best of it. Like you said, we have gift certificates available for purchase for further use. Um, Just visit our website or send us an email. Um, And it's, you know, it's just been, it's been a great time being in Windsor Heights. The community has really, um, really um, accepted us and been hyping us up. And yeah, the reviews have been fantastic. We've been so excited. It's great. Uh, I called Kathleen to set up the interview here just a minute ago, and she goes, do you remember me? Now, Ken, you know this. When, when you get that the first time, you get a, a little kind of... What, what do I owe yeah, you? Exactly. A pit in your stomach. Oh, boy, what did I do here? No, Kathleen, her dad... Is Doctor Dan McGuire, who I did a radio oh, show with? Of course, yeah, yeah. So Kathleen, it's I great saw Doctor McGuire on TV this past weekend. Oh, did really? I not? <laughs> what, what's yes. the, what's the good doctor up to these days? That he's on TV. Um. Well, you know, being a doctor yeah. and supporting his patients, but yeah. also supporting our restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, he's here a lot, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we keep the beer extra cold for him. Uh, uh, what What does RI stand for? How did you come up with the name? Yeah, so my husband and I own the restaurant, and my husband, Jacob, uh, he's the chef. Uh, he's amazing. And he's from originally from Rockport, Massachusetts. So that's where the R comes from, because that's where his kind of culinary journey began, where he became a cook and started his love for food. Um, and then the I stands for Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I'm from and where we are now. And our menu really represents kind of his journey from the East Coast to the Midwest, um, with lots of different techniques that he's picked up along the way, working in a variety of restaurants in Denver and Chicago. And it's just, it's a really fun kind of journey for him. Well, and it's a fun, uh, it's, it's the, the customers that, it, uh, that he served are glad that he's made that journey because the yes. reviews are unbelievable. RIRestaurant.com is the website, RIRestaurant.com. So once we do get the green light, uh, how will you guys go about it? Um, I mean, what do you anticipate happening once restaurants are allowed to serve customers again? Well, I think everyone is really excited, first and foremost. Sure. I know that the staff and the kitchen um, and in the front of house everywhere are excited to get back to doing what they do best. And I know that our diners are excited to um, get out of the house and experience you know, some different culinary flavors and get back to those old favorites that they love at their favorite places. And I think that you know we just have to be um, safe mm-hmm. and you know, aware of what our surroundings and what we're doing. Um, and, you know, do, do our best to still kind of enjoy the moment and enjoy being out of the house. We are certainly putting, you know, all the safety protocols in place. We're already a small place. Right. And, you know, we're really focused on the experience. And so we were already doing so many of kind of the cleaning procedures and, we already have a lot of space between tables for our diners. And so, you know, we're hoping that the experience um, for our guests stays very similar, 
um, and that, you know, we can kind of do all the things we need to do kind of behind the scenes. RIRestaurant.com, RIRestaurant.com in uh, Windsor Heights, um, 6587 University Avenue, 6587 University Avenue. I've never met your father, uh, but, um, you know, maybe one day that'll happen. I saw him on we'll TV this, this weekend, and I, I knew exactly who it was. Good to talk to you, Kathleen. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Uh, best of luck to you and your husband at R.I. Restaurant in Windsor Heights. Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you. All right, our final stop. Carroll, Iowa. Heading up north. We are heading up north. Well, 106.3 mm-hmm. booms into Carroll, Iowa. Rachel and Terry, Charlie Steakhouse. I'm looking at some of the pictures of Charlie Steakhouse, and the first thing that my eyes gravitated to was the bar. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Where there is a Stella, um, what would you call that? Kind of light? Oh, uh-huh. What is that? Uh, who's this, Rachel? What? Tell me. Tell me about this. The Stella decoration right above the bar. It's the type of beer, right? Oh yeah. So that's a beer type. So we have different beer, um, beer lights? lights all over. Gotcha. Yeah. Very nice. Well, it looks terrific. And uh, what? Well, I've never heard of your place. I've never been to Carol. I don't believe, but I know a lot of our listeners have, and we got a lot of folks that come from there. Um, tell us about Charlie's Steakhouse. Where are you located? So we're on 1730 um, Highway North. I'm just up on the hill. We're connected to the Carrollton Inn and Event Center. Um, and so we're a steakhouse. We have a lounge as well um, and uh, a variety of different food, um, pretty uh, large menu. Um, so you can find quite a bit on there. Um, we right now are doing to-go orders, and we tentatively plan on opening back up for dine-in um, with limited occupancy this Friday. Okay. So up in Carroll yeah, County, so- you guys have, uh, it, it's different than what we have here in Polk and Dallas counties in our area. So opened up a little bit more. Is it, is it, But how big of an adjustment has it been trying to figure out uh, placing the tables, making sure that the proximity works out there? I'm sure it's not just as simple as, now oh, we're going to flip on the lights and we're good to go, plus ordering the food that you hadn't been ordering before. There's a lot more that's gone into this than just getting things up started like you dropped off back in March, right? Right. It's definitely a bit of a learning curve, but um, our customers have been um, very easy to work with and understanding. So it's, you know, we've got a lot of requirements that have been put in place by our governor, um, which um, all have, you know, reasons behind them and stuff. And so the spacing as well as the things that are on the table, the surface areas, um, you know, no bar seating, things like that. So it's going to be a little bit of a different dining experience at first. Um, but hopefully if we follow these guidelines and rules that eventually we'll be able to get back to some normal um, dining like they've they're used to experiencing at Charlie's Steakhouse. Mm, too bad you can't have the bar scene. Such a good-looking bar, the circular <laughs> bar there. The it'll be back. I know it'll be back at one point. So when, when you, uh, what do you anticipate as far as you know, carry-out business? I don't know what it was prior to this. I don't know if it was 10% of your business, but I, I would assume that you guys are budgeting or looking forward to more. maybe a, a greater percentage of people will carry out as they did in the past once we do get the green light to go full bore and open up. Do you, do you anticipate that? I definitely think that the to-go orders are going to stay um, at the, yeah, the core of what we're doing for business. I think it's even when we are able to open up, um, even with this 50% occupancy, I foresee 
most of our business still being to go orders. Um, and, you know, it's something that Charlie Steakhouse, we didn't do in the past to go orders on the weekends because we were so busy oh, with sure. dining. But we we will be continuing even with opening up to do to go orders on the weekends just because um, it's just the comfort level of our guests and our employees. And um, we definitely think that that's going to be uh, over the next few months, even uh, a large portion of the um, business. Limited seating starting this Friday at Charlie's Steakhouse in Carroll. Uh, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Best of luck to you folks at Charlie's Steakhouse in Carroll. Thank you so much. Yeah, good to talk to you. And thank you to NCMIC for making restaurant slash chamber of commerce slash small business radio a, uh, a thing here today. That was fun. No doubt about it. It was good stuff there. Ken, one more reminder for people out there listening in. Today, the last day to get signed up yes. for the $500 per child that you get from the government. IRS.gov, I did it myself, mentioned last couple of uh, times we were on the air. My son was born back in August, hadn't done the taxes yet, so he wasn't part of it. Though we did get uh, that money that came in. It didn't include the $500 for Little Jack. So went online, took probably, all told, 15 minutes to get everything set up, get the account in there, get his Social Security number in there, and away we go, and uh, hopefully see that money pretty quick. Well, if, you had, if you've got your stimulus check and it didn't include a $500 for a child under 17, as Trent mentioned, the deadline is today. Go to IRS, irs.gov and fill in your information. Click on the non-filer tool and uh, the government will get you your $500 that you have coming to you. We have Governor Kim Reynolds coming to the radio next. She's going to join us for her weekly press conference. Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star at 11.30. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.